I started out on my world trip after saving for six years and studying and preparing. And within like a month or two, it was like, oh my God, this is awesome. I want to do this as long as I can. If I can do it my whole life, that's what I'm going to do. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. All right, so we've been talking about landing a remote job for a while now, but the one thing you're probably most curious about is how to learn the online skills you need to land these jobs. I'm not just talking about getting a brief introduction, but learning from actual accredited schools so you can be taken seriously when you apply for these jobs. You've been waiting for a while and I'm really sorry about that, but I have finally created a whole page listing the best courses to take from teaching English online to becoming a freelance writer and so much more, all from trusted sources that will get you that remote job. So if you're ready and serious to take the next step, then visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. Again, you can visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. In this episode, I'm so excited to speak with Lash, who is an American woman who has been traveling with the world full-time and solo since 1998. In 2011, Lash started her travel blog, Lash World Tour, to inspire other people to travel the world and follow their dreams. On the blog, you'll find a ton of travel tips and suggestions, destination articles, and personal adventure stories. So listen on to find out how Lash has inspired thousands to travel the world. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to be speaking with my guest today. I'm here with Lash. Hey Lash, how are you? Hi Debbie, thank you so much for having me. I'm equally excited. Thank you again. And before we get to all of your journey, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? Wow, okay. Um, (laughs) Well, I'm an American who grew up in the States, but uh, after university, I left to travel the world. Um, I've been traveling since 1998, solo and full-time around the world. So that's over 23 years so far. Wow. And prior to that, I lived in Japan for six years, Kyoto, Japan, where I, I moved there specifically to save money to travel the world. So that's kind of the intro. That is amazing. And what I'm doing. Yeah. So Lash, it's really interesting, right? Because 23 years, you have been traveling, you have done all of this exploration. And during that time, you know, almost, you know, quarter of of a, <laughs> of a century. And it's, it's usually when, you know, a lot of people, they stop at a certain time. And after a few years, they're like, okay, I've had enough of this. What made you keep going? What made you keep exploring the world instead of having what people will say, you know, the traditional life, the traditional type of work? Good question. So I guess there's two parts to that. To start with, you know, I grew up as a ballet dancer and my big goal and dream of my life was to become a professional dancer. And uh, I skipped my senior year of high school, went to college to study dance. But after one year, I quit because I was afraid of, you know, that artistic struggle where you have to 
go to auditions and work in a cafe or a restaurant. And I didn't want to have to deal with that. I guess I didn't have enough confidence in my dance ability. So I quit. And after that, I felt kind of devastated because I gave up my dream. I kind of like crushed myself. So then it took me a few years to figure out what I wanted to do. And um, I always wanted to make my life extraordinary. I never, ever, ever wanted to have this normal life where, you know, get a job, get married, have kids, work in your job for 20, 30 years, retire, and then your life's over. It's like, no, that sounds awful. So I was kind of, I was finishing up university and I was kind of starting to wonder what, what am I going to do? So I went on a um, weekend uh, retreat with my boyfriend at the time. And while we were on the weekend, my boyfriend suddenly said kind of out of the clear blue, Hey Lash, maybe we should go on a world trip. And mm -hmm. something inside me went click. I was like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to travel the world. And so I immediately after the weekend went back and started studying all the different countries of the world and how to travel how to get around in the world and everything I could get my hands on. And when I finished university, I moved to Japan specifically to save money to travel, like I already said. So I guess the first part of the answer is that I already decided I didn't want to have a normal life and I wanted to do something different. Okay. Now the second part, I guess, which gets more <laughs> closely to your question, you're right. This time I've been working as a travel blogger since 2010, 2011. I've talked to a lot of other travel bloggers who got started on their trips, you know, when I'd already been traveling for like 10 years and I've seen all of them. Well, most of them after a few months, they're kind of like, okay, that was good. I've had enough. <laughs> or one year or two years and they're like, yeah, that was great. But now I'm ready to, you know, settle down and have a family or get a job or live in a house or something. And I've also met other travelers out in the world, not necessarily travel bloggers, but people out on a, uh, between, between a school summer session or a one year off kind of thing. And I've discovered that most people who go out to travel after a few months or a year, like you said, they're like, okay, that's enough. Now I'm done. But a few people like myself, what happened, I started out on my world trip after saving for six years and studying and preparing. And within like a month or two, it was like, oh my God, this is awesome. I want to do this as long as I can. If I can do it my whole life, that's what I'm going to do. I, I can't even imagine going back to, you know, living in a place full time and working. That was just awful. So that's why. Yeah. And I think there's definitely a different try, uh, type of breed of people like you, Lash, who seeks adventure, who doesn't want to do the norm. And you kind of, in in a way, it's it's the not norm for you, right? That's not the norm for you. And it's... I think that if you did, you ended up doing that, you would just be so unhappy and it wouldn't be you. Exactly. It wouldn't be you as a person. And I love hearing that story because I think for a lot of people, maybe not so much now, but especially back then, whenever you felt that need to do something different, you always felt like you were doing something wrong. And it does take a lot of courage to step out of that box and do something different and commit to it. And it doesn't matter what the norm is, and you just keep going forward to it. And you just showed us that 
it can actually work if this is something that you really want to do with your life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what, too? It's great to see somebody like you who has been doing this for over 23 years and you're still loving it. And I'm pretty sure you've had some pretty interesting stories. And you talked about living in Japan to save money. Now, that is kind of interesting because I have heard from a lot of people that it is pretty expensive there. How are you able to save money while you were in Japan, Lash? <laughs> Hey, you know what? Everybody asks me that same question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone. It, it's true. Japan is expensive. Everything's expensive. But uh, when I went there in 1991, they were seeking native English speakers to teach in these sort of like Berlitz language schools. And um, the pay was really good. I only had to work 25 hours per week for a full-time salary. Wow. And I moved there with my best friend, and we found an old Japanese-style house in Kyoto. So it only cost us basically $300 a month, split by two. That's $150. So part of it was because I had inexpensive accommodation. We later had to move to a different old Japanese house, which cost, I think, $600 a month. But, you know, split by two, that's $300. So that's cheaper than living in the U.S., actually. And most of the apartments there, even the modern ones, were about that same price, anyhow, 600 to 800 a month, you know, plus utilities. But basically, I think the reason I was able to save is because that's what I had decided to do, and I was determined. And I just set aside a bunch of my salary every single month to do that 10000 I think $1,000 a month. And um, also, because I only worked 25 hours a week, I could pick up some other work so I was actually making more than my main salary. That is pretty interesting that you're able to do that. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people get to really find out is your money goes so much further when you leave the United States because it is really expensive here and it really depends on where you go. Um, but you have been able to do that. You've been able to save your money. And that's the next thing that I'm really curious about is how you were able to create income while you were traveling all around the world. Did you stay in one place for a certain amount of time so you could get a job there, save, or were you traveling frequently? That's a really good question. And that's also the main question that most people ask about travel is how can you afford it? It's so expensive. Yeah. So, and you hit on the first part of that, which is a perspective from the United States. I mean, the United States is expensive. And Americans don't realize how cheap a lot of countries in the world are. I mean, you can easily get a place to stay for $10 a night in a lot of countries. Not, not Europe, not New Zealand, <laughs> not Australia, but just about everywhere else, you know, Central America, Latin America, South America, Africa, almost all the Asian countries. So it's a lot less expensive than people think. And one reason is, for example, we don't really have budget accommodations in the United States. There are only maybe three cities in the whole country that have hostels. And so like budget accommodation to Americans is like $80 a night. I'm like, what? That's more <laughs> than I pay for an entire week accommodation in most places in the world. You know, so that's one part of it is that it's a lot cheaper out there. The other part is, okay, how to make income, which you also hit on. There are so many different ways to make income. 
So from working online to going to a place, stopping for a while, working and saving money and all kinds of things. So in my 23 years of travel so far, I've done a lot of different things. So when I started out, when I finished my uh, stay in Japan, saving all that money, I invested it. And for the first couple of years, I actually lived off the interest of the investment without touching the principal. Then the, you know, stock exchange crash in 2001 ended that. So I was like, oh, crap, I have to work again. (laughs) So then um, I've done a lot of different things. My first profession while I was in university was cutting hair. So there have been a couple of times where if I've stayed in a place for a while, I could earn money by cutting hair. I worked as a dive instructor for about eight years in Southeast Asia I had my own restaurant bakery in Thailand for a year. Then I started my travel blog in 2010 and started er, 11, sorry. Yeah, started earning money from that in 2011. So I was able to earn all of my income from that for a few years. And then now I review luxury and boutique hotels and update travel guides for an American company. And so between that and my travel blog, I'm able to earn enough money to continue traveling. It's like you've lived a lot of different lives. You've been so Absolutely. many different <laughs> times of of person from cutting hair to owning a um you know your own business, a brick and mortar business to being a reviewer, a travel blog. Like there's just so much and I think that makes you even more interesting as a person and you've experienced so much in life. And I think for most people you you've only been one or two, right? And you've been like a hundred. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Debbie. Yeah, I've definitely done a lot of different work. And and also goes to show you that you can really make things work if you just are willing to do it, if you have the work ethic to do it, if you're not afraid to get your hands dirty. And it works out, right? You learn, you <laughs> you figure out what works, what doesn't work, and it literally leads you to where you need to be, which this is where you are right now, Lash. And it's so interesting how it kind of goes and puts you into these different types of situations. And now you're here where you are reviewing luxury boutiques and <laughs> hotels, which is like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? You hit on the other really important aspect of how to afford traveling the world. So, you know, that is the most the first question most people ask me. Oh, my God, how can you afford it? It's so expensive. So my first reply is, well, actually, it's more expensive to live in the United States than it is to travel the world. And people don't believe me, but it's absolutely true. Yeah, but I believe you, Lesh. Yeah. <laughs> The other point um, is that most people who say, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. I wish I could do that. When it comes down to it, they actually don't want to do that. They don't want to have this nomadic lifestyle. They just like the idea of it. It sounds glamorous and amazing. But if you start pressing them for, you know, well, you can do it. You can do this, that, and the other. They always come up with these reasons why they're not doing it, these, like, excuses, which is fine. It just means that they actually – prefer to live in a house and have a job or have security or whatever it is. The point of the other point about that I wanted to make is that people approach this. If people did want to travel more, then they generally approach it from the wrong point of view. 
So they generally say, oh my gosh, I wish I could make enough money to go travel. Or, oh my gosh, if I just had a job that would allow me to do it. It's like, no, that's the wrong approach. What you have to say is, I'm going to travel the world. That's it. I've decided. I commit to it. And from that perspective, then you start seeing all these opportunities and possibilities and how you can do it, which is the point that you were kind of making. You know, So you have to take that first approach of, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And then, then you start asking yourself, okay, well, how can I do it? And then you find this job or that job. And then you find your podcast or you find my website and everybody gives you more ideas. And also you have to kind of like go. And once you go, then you start finding these things. Well, you can't find them if you stayed at home. (laughs) You have to find them when you're out there, you know? So it does to some extent take a bit of a leap of faith or courage, like you mentioned, that, you know, things work out. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is is fear. There's a lot of fear that goes into it, especially when in terms of like creating that income, having that security. But it it is it is a risk to take. But honestly, I don't think it's such a big risk at all. Um. The, the reason why I say that is because you can always go back to your old life. You can always go back to working a regular nine to five. You can always go back to your town, the city that you're living in. You know, you're not ostracized. You're not, you're not, you know, being told you're not welcome back. But there's only, you know, there's only one life that you can live if you want to try something. Do what Lash did. Look where she is now. <laughs> still, still a traveler after 23 years and you just love it so much. Right. So one of the things I did want to ask you to Lash is, and I'm sure you've been asked this because you've been traveling for so long, is that there is, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing, the life that you're living. But I'm pretty sure there's certain things that maybe has irritated you or you've come and really encountered, you know, things like loneliness, you know, burnout, maybe homesickness. How do you deal with that and stay focused on your goal and stay focused on where you want to be? Because like you mentioned before, there's a lot of people that don't last very long, right? So what made you different? What made you do this for as long as you have? Okay. Well, for one thing, um, as I mentioned in the beginning, it was my goal that I said, okay, I'm going to travel the world. And once I started, I realized that I really love this and I want to do it as long as I can. And my goal is to um, visit every country in the world. Mm. So I've got a clear goal. I'm dedicated to it. I'm committed to it. And that's the one thing that kind of keeps me going. Other things, you mentioned loneliness. Well, I'm kind of a loner. Uh. (laughs) I'm kind of an introvert. So I'm okay without people. (laughs) <laughs> but if I if I do get lonely, oh my gosh, that's so easy to do something about. I can call my mom, call a friend, message somebody, get on WhatsApp or Facebook. I can go outside down to the hotel receptionist and start chatting with her. I can go out to a store and talk to someone at the store. I can go out to a park, a restaurant, a bar, anywhere and meet people. It's so easy to meet people. So I am almost never lonely, but if I am, I can just, you know, pick up a conversation with somebody or contact someone I already know. So I'm not, I don't really get homesickness because 
you know, my, my parents are still alive, my brothers in the, in the U S and I do come visit maybe once every two to three years. Uh, but I don't really overall miss the U S or anything about it. And part of that reason is because when I was growing up, my family moved every five years or so. So I don't really have like a childhood home where I live for 20 years of my life that I'm, you know, built up, you know, 20 years of nostalgia that I would return to. When I come back to the States, I go to my mom's house or my dad's house, but they aren't my house. I didn't grow up there, you know? Oh, burnout. Yeah, that's a good one. When you're traveling full time, you can get burned out from travel. So that's easy as well. I just stop for a month or two in a place that I'm comfortable with. Usually a place that I already know and have explored because that way I don't feel compelled to keep going out every day and exploring more. If I go to a new place for a month or two to like recuperate, I can't do it. I keep going out to, oh my God, I have to go see this place. Oh my God, I have to go to that museum. Oh, I didn't go there yet. I didn't go here yet. So for me, it's better to go a place I already know and love and are comfortable in and just stay there for a month or two and recover. And during the travels, it is important to take a break, like where regularly. I mean, travel is my life. That's what I do. So imagine if you worked, you know, five days a week, seven days a week, and you never stopped working. You worked every single day. Well, you'd get burned out too. So it's important, like once a week, at least take one day off or two days off and don't travel don't go out and explore, you know, just you do something else, personal, something you enjoy, watch movies, you know, groom your nails, you know, sit on the beach, something. And I forget, you know, I have to remember, I get tired out. I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't have a day off for a long time. All right. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. <laughs> I love that. Well, that's the beauty of it, right? You have that freedom to slow down or if you want to keep going, you can do that as well. And it's so interesting that especially here in the US, we have this mindset and this mentality to always be constantly on the go. And then I think traveling to certain places like in Latin America and certain parts of Southeast Asia where people take breaks, you know, in the middle of the day when the, the sun is too hot and, you know, people just take naps. And then the U.S., when you you tell people that they're like, are you crazy? That's the time where you should be, you know, the most productive. And it's so funny how it teaches you to to kind of slow down and to to just chill and enjoy life and smell the roses, as they say. So it's so interesting how different cultures uh, go about life and, and That's true. work. That's true. So I can say that the U.S. in the U.S., uh, it's gone out of uh, – it's gone crazy. I mean, people have gone too extreme with all this just work, 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 go, 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 go. And, you know, all those success um, gurus and so on, I was reading several of their books and so on and so forth until eventually I realized, wait a minute, they're just trying to teach you how to pack even more into every day so you're just more go, 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 go. And I learned from, as you point, as you mentioned, from different cultures in the world, the Latinos, the Southeast Asians, uh, Indians, that in my opinion, they have a much more balanced life. I mean, yes, they work, 
actually in some countries, they are so poor that they have to work sort of like seven days a week, 10, 12 hours a day. But if they don't have to do that, if they can make enough just working a normal job, they spend a lot more time with family, with friends, uh, leisure time, and also maybe going to temples or, you know, religious stuff. And they have a lot more balance in their lives, which you don't see in the U.S. and you don't realize it. If you grew up in the U.S., you just taught to go, 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 go. And you don't realize how unbalanced that is until you step out and, and look how other people are living and say, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. What are we doing here? It's it's really true. And I think we are groomed into that type of mentality, which I think exactly. is really unhealthy. And um, exactly. you have to really put yourself out of that mentality as an adult, because at school, at work, this is what everybody feeds you. And I think there's a sense of guilt when you're not working, right? And yeah. that's that's how I feel. You know, my I'm an immigrant. My parents are immigrants. Like, I was taught to work all the time. And then um, it became even worse here in the, the United States because it's like 24-7. And as an adult, you know, starting my own business, I'm like, why am I working so hard? Like, there's only so much you can make before it doesn't really matter anymore. You're just working to work and you're not enjoying life anymore. It has to be so much more than that. You know, there's a reason why you make money so you can enjoy life. But if you're just working what's the point of this, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And I think pretty much most Americans have completely lost perspective of, if you can take a broader view of your life on earth, you've got so many days, so many hours, so many years. What are you doing with your life right now? Is this really what you want to do? When you get to be, you know, 80 or 60 or whatever, when you die, do you want to look back and say, oh my God, that's it? I mean, look, look at what you're doing in your life now. Is this what you want to, that's, that's it. Are you doing what you really want to do and maybe accomplish or enjoy in your time that you have here on the planet? Yeah. And, and I do have to say too, like waiting to enjoy your life until you retire is such BS because (laughs) you you should be enjoying your life throughout, you know, the entire entirety of it and not to say you just don't do any work at all but there has to be like you're mentioning last last there has to be a balance between the two it can't just be one or the other of course you don't want to be a complete bum but (laughs) um you don't want to just work to work you don't want to just have a whole purpose of working and and that's it what you want to do with your life and um it's it's so interesting how different cultures see this in such a different way. And I think that's why you have such a unique perspective on this is because you've been to so many different countries, met so many different people and experience, actually experience the lifestyle to know what's right for you and what isn't as well. Yeah, I I wish every American would go out to some other, at least say three different countries when they're young so they can get a perspective of the U.S. from outside because they're, I mean, of course, the U.S. has some great things, but there are a lot of serious problems here. You know, like the health care is so completely corrupted, this mm-hmm. this ridiculous work ethic, and, you know, a lot of guns, all of the gun safety, the violence. I mean, Americans don't realize this is actually the one of the most dangerous countries in the world of the developing countries. 
outside of some country that's in war. I mean, there are no other countries in the world where all the citizens have guns and can walk around with them or have all these, you know, school shootings, hundreds every single year. It's like, what? The whole thing is just totally insane. And, you know, Americans don't see any of this because they're just all caught up in it. So I really, really wish more Americans would go out. I wish it was required, you know, when you're in your 20s or your teens that you have to go to Asia, you have to go to Latin America and you have to go to Africa, say, and get a perspective on, you know, the world and different cultures and what life's going on in the U.S., Yeah, but I do have to say, I mean, um, as bad as U.S. can be, there's definitely certain places in Southeast Asia, Latin America, and also Africa, and of course, the Middle East. You know, I feel like every place has its bad and good, but it's just a matter of where you see yourself in and what type of life you you see yourself living, right? And um as I, as I get older too, Lash, I've, I've been thinking more and I think that's what happens when you get older. And it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting where you thought you would see yourself in and then you finally get to that point and then you kind of reevaluate everything. And then you're like, did I do this and now am I happy? Um, and I think that <laughs> that's one of the things we should always question ourselves. And and one of the things that I always thought was the worst was like, oh my God, if I have to start all over again, am I going to have nothing? And then I found out, you know, like things usually tend to work out if you just take action with certain things, you know, whether it's your career, your money with Per, you know, personal life, it, it always seems to work out. So <laughs> and there's always right, like there's always that fear that, oh, my goodness, something bad is going to happen or I'm going to lose everything. But even if you do, because there has been a lot of people that have lost everything um, who seem to bounce back after a, a while because um, of just taking action and doing something that they they really want. So there's definitely that as well. So there's, there's, it's like, you know, we, we just think about life in a different way, I guess, once you start seeing a different part of the world, seeing different cultures and seeing different parts of how people live that you weren't even introduced to before. And that's why it's so unique in that sense. Yeah, that's right. Sounds like you have a lot of good perspectives. (laughs) And it's also good to hear that you're so insightful about yourself. I think that Probably the majority of people don't actually do that. I think it's I think it's also because I talk to a lot of people like you, Lash, who I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I never (laughs) I've never thought about that before. And I'm like, how did you (laughs) Because you know, if if you're just in your little bubble, it's the same. It's the same perspective that you're getting. And that's why I honestly, right now, I can't really travel as much as I'd like to. But talking to to people like you who are all over the world, pretty much, um, it's pretty much as close as I can get to traveling, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Now, you can get back For on the now, road again. Right? You're ready. Absolutely. Sounds like you've done a lot of traveling yourself. So <laughs> Just a you bit, know. but... <laughs> You're not any couch potato yourself, Debbie. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I, I don't like that. But um, sometimes it's nice. Not going to lie. Sometimes it's nice to be a couch potato. But I, I don't think I could do that all the time. <laughs> right. I agree with you on that one also. Love it. 
So Lash, let's go forward to about 30 to 40 years from now. And you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave? And what do you want to be remembered for? Oh, boy. Okay. Well, you know, uh, my, I told you my personal goal is to visit every country in the world. Uh, but my sort of like community goal or, you know, what I can give back is to to try to inspire other people to follow their dreams, to follow their passions, or and if that happens to be travel the world, to the, help them learn how to travel the world. So being able to do podcasts like this and reach other more people and get the message out and try to help convince more people to stop living this just normal, maybe small life and follow their passion, whatever that is. Mine happens to be travel, but other people can have other passions. And that's, and you mentioned that also on your podcast that you found the best thing to do is to follow your passion in life and then everything is much better. So I guess uh, my legacy, I'd like to be remembered for being someone who followed her passions, who had an extraordinary life, who, you know, wasn't afraid to uh, stand out from the pack or didn't want to just be a, you know, normal, average, everyday person. That's definitely what you've done. You know, I don't think I've met anyone who was able to do this successfully for, you know, to almost 25 years and they are still here saying they love it. So <laughs> you've definitely stood out from the pack for sure, Lash. <laughs> Oh, good. Great. Well, then <laughs> I'm accomplishing my goals. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today, Lash. I really appreciate all of the perspective you gave us on life and travel and everything else. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Okay. Well, uh, my travel blog is lashworldtour.com. And the only social media that I use is Facebook, and it's also the same names, backslash, Lash World Tour. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lash. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Debbie. It's been great talking to you, and uh, thanks a lot for having me. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Lash. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more information on how you can be a remote traveler and worker too. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.